I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Boost Hustle. I'm your host, Kristen. And on this episode, we have two very special guests. I honestly don't even know where to begin with this one. Uh, We have actor, comedian, musician, dear friend of mine, Connie Newsom, who joins me with two-time Academy Award nominee, theatrical luminary, and owner of Lequel de la Coste Winery, John Malkovich. Yes, that John Malkovich. I catch up with them as they are promoting season two of Space Force on Netflix, and we talk about how John got started making wine on his unappellated land at his home in Lebrun, France, and how that has allowed them to cultivate grapes for wines and blends that are incredibly unique for the region. Despite their land being only 11 hectares, they produce a range that includes a Cabernet Rosé, a single varietal Pinot Noir, Cabernet, and two Cabernet Pinot Noir blends. As you're going to hear, John is an incredibly interesting man, and I really hope you enjoy listening to him speak about his chateau as much as I enjoy talking with him. Enjoy! Well, first, I want to say uh, thank you for doing this podcast with me. It's such a joy to see you both, of course. Uh, Tawny and I have been pals for, uh, I did the math this morning. It was about 15 years off and on living in multiple places, many bad haircuts on my end. Um, uh, (laughs) Never. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys are doing press now for Space Force 2. How's that going? Great. Yeah. Did a nice long chunky junket yesterday. That's what I call a big junket, a chunky junket. Talked to a lot of (laughs) fine folks. Um, but I think I, I hope John would agree. We had so much fun filming the second yeah. season. It was like summer camp. We were up in Vancouver and, you know, we, we spent time with each other on the weekends. So that's how, you know, we we enjoyed each other. Yeah. And a whole different, I think, atmosphere with Ken Quapis than than it was the first season. Mm. So mm. much more fun. And, and he's so bright and attentive and quick and... and yeah, it was good. So I, I don't know. I hope people like it. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but but I hope it goes well. Well, I I I know it's going to be great. Uh, just looking, watching some of the social media that you guys were posting along filming it, it seemed like it was very summer camp like. Um, and I I uh, watched a couple of videos of them. What are you guys playing basketball? <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> dunking we were at so each other. <laughs> we were yeah. trapped in a room with no windows or items. There was just nothing in this <laughs> barren room for hours, and so we were just making things out of trash and to play games with. And so we were playing you know, basketball with wadded up pieces of paper. Um, John, do you remember Heads Up? 
Oh, yes, sure. <laughs> I know. I love that game. That's a fantastic game, I think. No, we, ha- we had some very good things. I think I have these in wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was torturing Ben because I don't have any social media, but it suddenly occurred to me that I desperately wanted a million likes. <laughs> so that's what we tried for with our basketball video. Yeah, uh, yeah we didn't did quite make it, but, yeah. but there's we something did well. There's something quite great about that little dopamine hit you get from random social media posts. So sure. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Well, I'm sure you're answering a lot of questions about Space Force. I'm going to give you guys a little respite from that today, and we'll get to talk a little bit about uh, booze, which is uh, my my favorite topic. Um, And, uh, you know, it's funny because when Tawny first told me that she was working with you, I was so excited um, I'm, uh, I, I have a quick funny story. I'm going to just totally embarrass myself to you right now. Cause I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was poor in a little tiny studio apartment, I had one DVD player and three DVDs. And, um, you know, I used to put movies on in the background when I was cleaning or getting ready to go out or whatever. And one of them was being John Malkovich. How funny. <laughs> so I told Tony, I'm like, I know this is weird, but I kind of feel like I know John. I don't know John, but I kind of feel like I do <laughs> in this weird way. So I was really intrigued when she told me you had a winery. Um, and um, uh, can you pronounce it for me? Because I might I have terrible French. Yeah, no, no worries. It's, a, it's actually... It, it isn't even really French, at least a, a part of it isn't, but I'll explain that, the origins. It's called, uh, our house is called Lesquel, but Lesquel is not like the French Laquel, which would be L-A-Q-U-E-L-L-E-S, meaning what, the what or the which, like mm-hmm. the what one or which one. Um, it's actually a corruption of the German for their word for spring or source, which is Kvela. Oh. And and our where our house is in France was once a German community where they raised uh the silkworms to to spin silk. So um that that's why it had a German name at the start. And so the wine we have several different wines and blends, but the name of it is LQLC. So it would be Lekel de Lacoste. Lacoste okay. is uh, L-A-C-O-S-T-E, and Lacoste is the village of the Marquis de Sade in That's the so interesting. south of France, in, in the Luberon, it's called. In Lublon. Lublon? Mm-hmm. Lu- okay. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense now when I was trying to like look up the translation why I couldn't get one. <laughs> I yeah. was like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really hitting some walls here. Um, it's interesting that uh, the Marquis de Sade, I was reading that there were some like uh, remnants of a castle there. Um, and Tawny, Tawny can speak to this. My mother is a, uh, a, a thespian. Um, and uh, my, she was always dragging me to, be, uh, to do theater with her when I was young. And one of the plays I was in was... Um, uh, Marat Saad. <laughs> oh wow. wow, that is so wow. That is dragging. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I had one theory. line. It was like "Viva di Revolution." Yeah. <laughs> was, she could was... go to jail for that if you ever need. A, <laughs> if you ever need to do that, if you ever need to pull the trigger, uh, there you have it. That's funny. Um, well, I was. I, I'd love to hear more about your wines. I, I would say that, um, and Tawny has tasted them, so I'd love to hear her opinion yeah. too. The concept to me, and this is a compliment. John, this is not a uh, an insult or a weird uh, perspective, but 
the concept of what you guys are doing with your wines there has this very Willy Wonka imaginative quality that I love. Um, and I really think is very different than the way in which uh, the French traditionally and even the Italians approach winemaking. Um, and what has been your experience in France bringing those types of wines to life? Well, that's a very interesting story. When when we started, we have not so much land. It's, it's kind of, let's say, 20 acres uh, on an old farm in there in Provence, in the area of the Luberon. So that's kind of in between Avignon and Aix-en-Provence. It's sort of mm -hmm. midway between the two. And we, we had bought the house from a South African woman, and she had her land farmed there by two farmers. And uh, she kind of was very clever and played them off against each other and and managed it very well, et cetera, et cetera, which is which I'm not so good at. Um, eventually, our farmers retired. the The farmers who lived near us retired, and that meant the land was unworked, and it gets pretty ugly, pretty fast unworked. <laughs> it's just sort of scrub yep. brush and yep. weeds and, and it's kind of ungainly and not very nice. So my wife came up with the idea of making wine probably in in the false hope of cutting my wine consumption <laughs> bill or something, <laughs> I don't know. It actually may have turned out to be cheaper. She may have been right. But, um, so we started in 2008, but just because of some freakish bit of geography slash French bureaucracy, we weren't obligated to plant the grapes of the region, which which would be Grenache, Syrah, et cetera, et cetera, the, those varietals. So we decided to plant Cabernet first and then eventually Pinot Noir, which are the wines that I mostly drank and, and drink still, I suppose, at least some. Um, and that was in 2008. And then in 2011, we had our first vintage um, of the Cabernet. And that happened to be tasted by a lot of English alcoholics, I know, who <laughs> who are writers for the most part, um, <laughs> seemingly all of whom can have five or six bottles of wine a night and they don't really <laughs> notice anything. How is that possible? Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. Amazing. But they kind of, at end of bottle five or six, they sort of say, actually, is there another bottle? You know, oh and you God. kind of go, okay, okay. yeah, I guess. Lord. And they really loved the Cabernet, the 2011, and were kind of shocked that it came from there because the French don't do that much. Of course, it's a French grape, but they don't do that much sort of straight-up Cabernet. Right. Um, it, it's a... Bordeaux grape, I believe, and, and of course used in Bordeaux, but mm -hmm. but not like, say, the way it'd be used in California. So the friends I knew who drank quite a bit and knew good wine r really were um, really taken by it. 
Then the next year, we got our first Pinot in 2012, and that was quite good. And then we just carried on. And at first, we we didn't really know what to do with it. But as it happened, we were producing, once it got going, say, in 2012, 16,000 bottles. So... Mm -hmm. That's a lot to drink by yourself. <laughs> e e even Not for those you, Englishmen, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> even if you know a lot of English writers, it's yeah. still a lot to drink. So finally, we, we kind of said, okay, well, maybe we'll try and, and commercialize this. Hmm. And uh, we've been going since. Anyway, uh, that's how we started. Um so the wine is called LQLC for Lesquelles de la Coste. And we do a number of wines. We do uh, straight up Cabernet Sauvignon and straight up Pinot Noir. This year, we, we've done for many years a rosé from the Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do this year also a, a rosé from the Pinot Noir. So we're really looking forward to seeing how that goes. Last year, we had an absolutely terrific beginner's luck vintage of a varietal called Carmenere. Mm. Carmenere is, is the grape that had supposedly gone extinct in the big uh, malady of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And... and um, then it was found in Chile, where they thought it was, initially thought it was Merlot. And um, Carmenere, for people who haven't had it, it's a Bordeaux grape as well, but it's, it's unique kind of for two things. It's very, very spicy and is almost kind of ruby red. So it almost has none of the brown that you find in most any other red wine. So very interesting. And we had, we only did about 600 bottles last year, but that was just terrific. So we're very much looking forward to that. Then we do a blend, which has had some attention, got, got some quite good reviews. Um, it's called 14 Kel, and which in the case of our vineyard means 14 sources. Because when we bought it, we were told there were 14 different little springs and sources under our land. So that mm. one, which is a combination of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and bizarrely enough Pinot Noir, mm -hmm. ha has gotten some attention, I think mostly in a good way. And then we do a blend of various of our wines called the Seven Kel. Then this past year, we finally planted some white, to, which won't be ready for at least three more years mm -hmm. or so. But those are the wines we make. And, and uh, now we'll probably be, I think, around 20,000 bottles Okay. That was my that was my next question. So this is all all of these wines are from your property, just yeah. that estate there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, we don't buy, you know, a lot of people buy grapes from, you know, here and there. That really doesn't 
interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, that's not my thing. You know, I did a fashion line for many years and people were always kind of shocked. I think that it, it it's something I actually did, meaning... Mm-hmm. You were involved, I, yeah. Yeah. Why would I why would I do something that I wasn't doing? I mean, right. I understand <laughs> the notion you're gonna make money, but I think people wildly overestimate just because some people may know you for something, mm-hmm. first of all, it doesn't mean they particularly like you. It means they know <laughs> of you. Um but secondly one doesn't have to do with the other. So for me, it's it's the same with the one. I don't want to buy someone else's grapes or mm-hmm. buy someone else's wine or blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We'll live and die by the product. If it's good, fantastic. We're very happy. If it's bad, we turn it into uh, hand sanitizer. <laughs> Seriously. So wow. we don't care. Um, yeah. No, that's refreshing because in this industry, there's a lot of, um, especially in the wine industry and the liquor industry, there's a lot of people who just attach their names to things, not necessarily that involved in the process or the outcome. Um, and it's a money grab. So it's it's really refreshing um, to hear you say that. My my question is um, with, with climate, um, you know, that, that really kind of you have uh, a smaller area of of land. You're not small, but smaller area. It's land pretty producing. small. You're really yeah. at the at the mercy of the weather totally. cooperating with you. Have you had any years where it's just been a disaster? Yeah, we had a hand sanitizer year. I think <laughs> for the, um, I think it was the 18 Cabernet. We've harvested in a strange way and bottled in a strange way. We kind of always bottled too late, and that drives us insane Hmm. you want to handpick you have really a problem there especially with cabernet because it's very very late harvest yep and then you you have a kind of double whammy and this is where sometimes we say okay i don't want to put it out i don't like it i don't want to put it out um is because in october the rains come Mm. so you 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 are kind of in between an, a rock and a hard place to the extent that the rains are more or less ruinous if they come in volume and with regularity. Mm-hmm. But it's also too rude to pick, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which can give it a kind of savage quality as opposed to a powerful quality. Mm. But we have one benefit there that's very strange, but we didn't even know it. Our little corner, they call Petit-Sibéry, Little Siberia. <laughs> and, and that is weirdly, I think at least for the Pinot, kind of a strange benefit because... It can be blazing hot down there. Yeah. You know, that was actually one of my questions is, what do you think is so special about that specific terroir that you're able to produce Pinot Noir in a way that 
not for nothing, but the the French don't do that in their part of the world because of there's so many restrictions. But also, it's just something that you don't see um, thriving there. So, what is it no. you think beyond that? That's that's uh, you know, it's very it's a great question. I don't really have the answer. We just got a fantastic review of our Pinot from two eighteen on a site called Garagiste.com. I don't know why it is, but they both kind of shot out of the ground, I say, like they were exposed to a nuclear flash. (laughs) But the reason I did it was I was directing a play in Paris and the the translators who had translated from from English to French um, teaches French theater there and obviously he's, uh, uh, you know, a scholar of French theater and everything, even though he's English. And when I was directing a play there, and he's a big drinker, Michael, and he gave me a uh, article that I think it was Louis the Fifteenth, the King of France. I either I think it was Louis Quinze, but but um, his wine conseil had said here, meaning right where our land is, only Pinot Noir, hmm. and. Then we had a friend that way down in the south, even south of us, just on the other side of the mountains, who 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 was a book publisher. He decided, uh, Jean-Claude Lattes, he decided he was going to make Pinot Noir. And he, he brought one, he brought a couple of bottles to dinner one night, and it was just spectacular. Hmm. And it was a lot like ours is in a weird way to me it's a lot more like an oregon pinot than a french pinot mm-hmm. and when i read the thing about the the wine conseil from from that century of course it was cooler weather then etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know in all the years we've lived there it stays kind of cool we've never had air conditioning in our house it it just uh it seems to be kind of 10 degrees below uh 20 feet across from it and six feet up the hill why i don't know it's a strange yeah Yeah. a little microclimate and it's kind of even though we didn't even know it at the time we planted it, it it was kind of that way at the time and uh so we've had a lot of luck, and although there, there's always a great deal of kind of give and take between the person who sells our wine, the, the people who were consulting with us for a number of years, our old winemaker and the new ones, hmm. what exactly we're looking for, that's always a, a kind of battle. Right. You know? and, I, and I think imagine imagining Pinot Noir has to have this much more um, luscious or supercharged quality in order to, you know, blend with Cabernet in a way and still really like retain this like great freshness and acidity mm-hmm. and and be mm-hmm. not uh, and and you know brighter flavors. So um, yeah, I'd love to try it. Tani, did you try the Cabernet Pinot blend? I did. Yeah, um, I believe so. John was kind enough to have some flown in. We had a little dinner party one of the last weeks of filming up in Vancouver. Um, and I know we, I know I tried the straight Cabernet, 
well, honestly, what I remember most was the cab. Um, mm-hmm. My parents are big Cabernet drinkers because I grew up so close to Napa, and mm-hmm. it's all my dad will drink. He's just like the most basic California <laughs> wine consumer. All he yeah. wants is like the big, bold Napa cabs. Um, he loves them. So he yeah. loves them, and it's yeah. it's made me develop an appreciation for them just because every single dinner I have with them, that's all <laughs> sure, it yeah. seems we're allowed to drink. Oh, or I have to have a bottle to myself that I'm drinking yeah. alone, right? if I want something else. Um, so I've had a lot of them and I was just shocked by how, you know, I don't know much about Tawara specific wines in France, but I was shocked by how familiar it kind of felt to the, those big luxurious Napa ones. And mm. I don't know if that was a goal or, or what. But. More or less, Tony. I mean, the, the one that was most similar was 211, the first year, which was crazy. Mm. Uh, just a really boom, boom, Uh, here I am, slap your face, uh, just (laughs) fantastic. But we we couldn't sell that because of various French laws about this, that, and the other. Gotta love um, the French. Gotta love the French winemaking laws. I I wonder, like, um, how has your experience been bringing your wines to the world? Because I know they're they're in little pockets here in the States, um, and also very small production, right? So, yeah. you know, you have to be very selective about where they go. Um, what, what is your, what, what do you see the future of your wines um, being imported here looking like? I think we had some setbacks. The, the, the very second vintage got imported to L.A. at the Wine House, which is a very good place in L.A. Jim uh, McKnight came to La Costa and, and they, he and a guy called Josh, who imported in or, or, uh, uh, Orange County, really liked it and imported. But now Jim doesn't have an import license. And then when the previous administration had the kind of trade war mm-hmm. with the French with regards to t- uh, taxing the big tech companies yeah, the, the and tariffs. what was yeah. tariff and blah, blah, yeah. blah. That kind of froze the business for a couple of years. I'm never going to get over that, John. I'm still yeah. mad about how much champagne cost. I was like, yeah, are no you kidding. fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, no, oh, no kidding. God. Yeah, you're not alone, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, I think that our wine, I think the rosé can do fantastically well in America. But I think it's exceedingly difficult to compete with the California cabs who don't have import tax and don't have all oh, these things course. and who sure. have some fantastic products. Mm-hmm. And, and also even I, ha- I had a great Washington cab uh, last week in New Orleans, mm-hmm. excellent. And, and with the Oregon Pinots and, and some of the other Pinots in Washington, California, et cetera, very difficult to compete in America mm-hmm. for that market. For the mm-hmm. rosé, I think we can do very well, but we also sell a lot in Scandinavia where it's quite mm-hmm. liked. It's at mm-hmm. a very fine store in England called Jeroboam's in mm-hmm. London, yep. which is very, very good. I think it can do well elsewhere where... For instance, we've had a house in France since nineteen in 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 the south that house since nineteen ninety three. I don't think I've ever seen a bottle of California wine in France. Yeah, sure. 
that sort of punitive, or let's say it, at the very least, very, very difficult for the American market, sure. but yeah. for a pure breed Cabernet Sauvignon, that's not the easiest thing to bring to America. Other places, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's tough. And, and Americans' consumers are, are inundated these days. Uh, just, I mean, there are like pockets, though, of people. I mean, there is a resurgence, especially among some younger generation with people that are really looking for quality over quantity and m- things that have authentic stories and that are real. Um, so, you know, there there is some, I mean, I have some hope that people will uh, start shifting in that direction. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm curious to hear a little bit about your your background in wine and um, if there was, before you had vines planted, um, were, was there, and Tony, I'm interested in this for you too, was there a wine or something that you um, drink regularly or went to that really like sparked your interest in wine? So one producer, one wine that you kept going back to and got you excited about it? There were probably several, but I I had a kind of odd history with alcohol, period, which is I really didn't start drinking till I was in my 40s at all. Wow. Uh, I've never had a drink in, uh, I I had to drink a beer on stage in a play (laughs) once that I just chugged, but apart from that, I never drank. So I really started in my 40s, and when I had originally started 
a little tiny bit drinking in my mid late thirties. That was a glass of champagne or a glass of white wine or something really light as that goes. But when I went and started drinking red wine in France, there were, I love some of the Bendels. I, I love some of the great, um, some of the great Bordeaux or, or uh, the Graves or, and I especially liked the, I guess that's from the Rhone. There were some things I really liked there, especially from the year 87, the Brune et Blonde and La Landonne and La Turque and these things, which I still maybe have a bottle or two of somewhere hmm. that were just kind of like hallucinogens. <laughs> they weren't even, they kind of left wine. That sounds and, great. Yeah, they were, they were really like hallucinogens. I mean, I don't take hallucinogens, but what I, what it seems like people are talking about. Then I also did a lot of Spanish. I spent a lot of time in Portugal, a lot Mm -hmm. of Italian. uh, And really it was just, I think the drinking of it becomes uh, its own education and like with everything, I think you, you always have to trust yourself, your taste, uh, which isn't like anybody else's in mm-hmm. the whole world. And that's kind of the same, I think, in any field. Of course, it's like living in Europe leads you to drink. <laughs> you go sure. 40 years, you spend some time sure, in yeah. Europe. But it's also looked at so differently. It's, it's so ingrained in the culture in a very different way. The way that um, wine and food are part of just, you know, y- daily life is very different than I think um, how, you know, in the U.S. we treat alcohol. How about you, T? Is there um, a wine or a winery that sparked your interest? Yeah, I probably wouldn't know. I mean, wineries probably just from like visiting them with my parents, like um, things in the Napa, Sonoma, Yauntville area. I just remember like the grounds being really beautiful or or whatever, but then I couldn't tell you if the wine was any good. And then <laughs> in terms of, um, because I don't have as much knowledge about wines, I tend to just uh, get nostalgic for things I had because of the setting that I was in. Mm. Um, and so one thing I always remember is I was on a camping trip And it wasn't like a super technical camping trip, but it was a small hike. So you couldn't just drive into your spot. You had to kind of like pack a little bag from your car. And then you maybe had a 20, 30 minute walk to get into these sites. And then they're all spread out. And these people next to us were celebrating a birthday. And it was just this couple. And they just had this huge spread. And they're making like short ribs. And they're making all this stuff on the campfire. And then they called us over to join them. And she's like, you know, it's my birthday. Come over here. Don't eat your weird can of beans or whatever you brought. (laughs) Eat this food with us. And then out of her backpack, she pulled, or I think they'd had like a wagon that they had dragged down the trail because they had all this food. She pulled a bottle of, yeah, a wine wagon, basically. (laughs) But she pulled a bottle of Cremant. And I was so floored Mm. to see a, a sparkling wine or a champagne or whatever on the trail, like in a backpack setting. Yeah. And it was, it became so special because it was so good. I couldn't tell you the winery or anything, but I just remember the taste of like the bubbles and like 
it just felt different than any, like, I don't know, I'd probably been drinking Prosecco up until that point. Mm -hmm. And so then from then on, if I was going to buy a sparkling, I always looked for a Cremant because it just brought back these great memories. I love that. That's very different from the time we went camping in Joshua Tree and we had neighbors that were partying too, but in That's a very true. different way. We were That's like, keep true. it down. We're trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But they did give us some um, weed edibles, which was nice. Of they them, did. So. That was they true. They were cool. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> John, I wanted to tell you about a winery that uh, Kristen introduced me to that we mm-hmm. actually got to go visit in in the uh, in the Mayakama Hills. It's actually called mm-hmm. Mayakama between Napa and Sonoma. It was talk about like an experience and also the wine being very very good. Incredible. The experience was just absolutely magical. We were Whoa. taken around on a little golf cart. It just felt very like rustic. It felt like where, like I live rural in Southern California and I don't have grapes, but if I did, this is how I would want it to feel. Just like a, like you're coming to someone's ranch and they're just kind of including you in the daily activities and then serving you delicious glasses of wine. Um, I think you'd really like some of the stuff they make. And it, it's Maya as in the Indians and C-A-M-A? Yeah, Mayakamas, Maya Kama, yeah. Okay. And they're right on the Mayakamas mountain uh, mountain range. Um, and it's got this incredible altitude when you're at the top. You can you can see all the way to San Francisco um, oh, wow. on a clear day. Uh, we had a lovely little day there. We had a guide. I forget his name. What was his name? Oh, God, I'm terrible. Damien, maybe? Damien, maybe? I don't know. But we felt like we were in Jurassic Park, like these gates were opening. He was <laughs> yeah. just taking us through. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, everywhere we'd stop, we'd stop for a little wine and chat. And they're just so passionate about it. So, yeah, definitely check them out. They're oh, I definitely will. Beautiful wines. Yeah, I think yeah. we snagged a bottle for your dad, too, Tawny, right? Mm-hmm. We did. Well, before you have to run, John, I just wanted to say thank you so much. It was a, a joy thank talking you. with you. I'd My love pleasure. to taste your wines. Um, if I'm ever out and you guys are around at the same time, I'd love to uh, well, share a glass. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out with Tawny and we'll make that happen. Awesome. Um, and, and you guys be well. And uh, thank you for having me and letting me talk about our wine. Absolutely. Uh, my wife pleasure. runs it, so she knows much more. But uh, she, well. of course, wouldn't appear with me. Um, <laughs> so oh. She's so lovely. Well, yeah, tell Nicole great. I said hello. And I yeah, will. thank you from me, too. Yeah. It's nice to see you. Cheers. You too, dear. Ciao. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.